0: This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM 560, The Answer.
1: Good morning, Dan and Amy, and uh, you gotta read this guy. We've had him on the show before. Crispin Sartwell, he's an associate professor of philosophy at Dickinson College. Uh, His book is Entanglements, a System of Philosophy, and he's uh, penned another good op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this week uh, about uh, Facebook. He poses the question, Mark Zuckerberg or Chinese President Xi Jinping, who do you choose? He chooses Zuckerberg, and he'll explain why. Crispin Sartwell, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Good to be here, Dan. So um, uh, what's worse than Facebook— uh, and uh, your answer is uh, the Chinese government. Uh, it's pre- <laughs> it's a pretty low bar or high yeah. bar, depending on your perspective. But yeah. uh, uh, why True. do you choose uh, Zuckerberg over President Xi?
0: Well, okay. I mean, this is the people have been freaking out about social media companies and Facebook, Apple, Google, etc. And I think we should be worried about them in various ways. And you know, what's happening to our information and you know, Then also the disinformation and so on that comes through these platforms and stuff. But I think that sort of obviously the biggest threat on the Internet is governments, okay, in terms of hacking, in terms of launching viruses, in terms of surveillance, in terms of disinformation, all right? So – and the obvious model of it is the Chinese government now, which is really – instituted an extent of control over communications that's unprecedented Um, and is, you know, generating this social credit system where they're monitoring all your communications and rating your conformity and rewarding or penalizing you for it. Now, that strikes me as a much greater kind of threat overall than anything Facebook or Google could do with your information.
1: Right. And so this is and, and this is relevant. Of course, we've had the hearings with the various social media uh, CEOs, including Zuckerberg last year. Yes. And, uh, and and, you know, people are rightly concerned about privacy and uh, Indeed. and contract integrity. You know, you're you say you're doing this, but you're uh, or not doing this, yes. but you're not being honest with me. So we understand Absolutely. we should understand Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, where the product but uh, you're suggesting it's better that we're the product privately than it is we're the product from the state's perspective.
0: Yeah, roughly. I mean, you know, I, I think we need to be concerned with both, and we definitely need to be concerned with the intersection of the two so that, you know, I think that you're, you're going to see more and more regulation of Facebook and, you know, other such companies. Uh, and then almost a merger of this kind of uh you know, surveillance apparatus and uh, personal information gathering apparatus. And, you know, so, I, I mean, the other thing is that Zuckerberg really has seemed quite incompetent, okay? Yeah. You know, yeah. he's kind of this vague tech boy. There always seem to be a year behind the problems that they're generating or whatever. Um, and, you know, in a way, I'm, I'm happier with that kind of incompetence than sort of the implacable, gigantic bureaucracy that China is generating, uh, you know, with some of the same kinds of goals, I suppose. Because the market, I mean, also, because
1: the market punishes incompetence.
0: Yes. I hope so. Eventually. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that, that is a question right now, right? Like what would Facebook have to do to go out of business? You know what I mean? Like what, what degree of incompetence could they manifest that would drive them out of business? But yes, I'd like to see market forces, you know i i I think in principle market forces are capable of correcting some of those problems but they're definitely not capable nothing is capable of correcting the kinds of problems on the internet that the chinese government is generating right you know there is no mechanism by which you know you can't boycott it you know You, you can't take your business elsewhere uh so yeah i i think we're better off in the in a Free market atmosphere to the extent that we have that, but because we have these really monopolistic companies, it's coming down to just a few companies, and that's probably not the best situation.
1: Uh, as a philosophy uh, professor, you're charged with uh, answering the question, "What is truth?" And I, <laughs> and, and, and I, <laughs> no problem. And, yeah, and I know you've uh, yeah. you've written on this topic uh, very interestingly. I have. But um, I, I wanted to get your reaction to a statement that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez made on Sunday night in her interview on 60 Minutes with Anderson Cooper, where she, okay. she was uh, sort of softly challenged by Anderson about uh, the things that she has said that have been, like, wildly factually incorrect, like, you know, things like mm-hmm. the Pentagon budget being off by a factor of 25. Um, right.
0: 20, what did she say, $21 trillion or something like right. that? Right. Ex- uh, yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: And, and, and her response was essentially it's more important to be morally right on the issue than it is to be technically correct.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of our discourse is along those lines and, you know, you could say morally right, or you could say rhetorically convincing. Like in other words, I think she's not just misstating facts. She's trying to convince people with misstatements of fact. But that's not, you know, that's not only happening on on her side of the spectrum. Let's put it that way. You know? Right. Sure. Um, yeah, but you I, know, but I that, mean,
1: but the, the cultural implications of that in our political discourse.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's impossible and disgusting, really. I mean, if, if you don't have a factual basis for policymaking and if you actually regard that as irrelevant, I don't really want to listen to anything you say after that. I mean, I don't know what problems you think you're going to address. Or, you know, I I don't trust what you're telling me about maybe even the results of some kind of policy change or whatever. So I think that if someone really reveals that they are indifferent to the truth, I would simply stop listening to them. They, they continue to make factual claims, right? They continue to tell you what they believe or whatever in terms of, like, what the situation is on the ground that they're trying to address, Uh so they seem to be making assertions, but I wouldn't even interpret that. They're, they're telling you that they don't even care about whether what they're saying is true. At that point, they should just be kind of waved off, I think.
1: Right. You would hope there would be a market correction there, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to check back with you, like do a little bit of a stop, look, and listen to where you think we're at in the denunciad. You wrote an op-ed a couple of years ago that, <laughs> that I really enjoyed. And, and actually, uh, another academic, uh, you probably know, Anthony Esselin writes about mm-hmm. the same topic in his uh, latest book, Out of the Ashes. And he talks about okay. um, truly tolerant people are hard to offend because they're not looking to uh, score points. They're not looking to bring others into ill repute. He writes, an owl is not offended by the little field mouse. It's just what the owl is on the lookout for. Uh, <laughs> and and the difference is, in the denunciate, as you wrote about, uh, we are on the lookout to be offended and thus we're offended and it becomes this spiraling. And I, I wonder if you think that uh, since you opined on that topic, things are improving or continuing to deteriorate. Oh, I think it continues to deteriorate.
0: Although I do think there's a little correction uh, happening. Like for example, I mean a really good example of this whole thing was the Kevin Hart flap on the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, And, and to the point now where they're basically like they're lost. No one can host the Oscars. I don't think anyone, I, I doubt that anyone can really reach the degree of purity necessary to host the Oscars. And probably no one has a good enough multi racial, multi sexual uh, identity, <laughs> you know, to be the host of the Oscars and represent everyone correctly or something or whatever is demanded. But yeah, I mean, so I think like, you know, it it has become automatic. So you uncover these tweets by heart, you know, you expose them, you demand an apology. He kind of ritually apologizes or,
1: you know, who knows
0: exactly what happened there. I haven't been paying that close attention. Um, And, but then I, I think it's a little encouraging that in this case, it doesn't just seem to be okay. That's the end of your career. Or come back in two years and try for a comeback or something like that. At least there's some defense. There's some sense of, okay, I think for one reason it's that people like Kevin Hart.
1: Yeah, well, right. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. your likability yeah, factor matters a lot. to different standards yeah. attach. But but, 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 yeah. on, but on this point, though, and speaking of Kevin Hart, he's in this new movie with Brian Cranston. I, I think it's actually getting yeah. worse, and, and I, I think there is not so much of a correction going on. Yes, Kevin Hart survived. Yeah. Um, he, you know, and he had some intemperate tweets or whatever. Although he is a comedian, but Brian Cranston, yes. Brian Cranston, is out defending himself as an actor playing a man in a wheelchair because he's not actually in a wheelchair. Yes, and it's like, yes. do you do you understand the concept of an actor? Um, so absolutely. Uh, so to me, right. that's and, the kind of stuff yes. that's really concerning.
0: Yes, I agree with that completely. Uh yeah and I mean its, it's I, I kind of think of it as the representation wars, so the idea is that every movie has to kind of perfectly represent American demographics, every actor has to be selected in terms of their own identity and so on. It's impossible uh, you know the, the, it's with authors as well, like could I write a fictional character who's in a wheelchair right? See, you know, if I was building my next novel around a character like that, okay, that's just an excellent, you know, if I could do that well, I would be a fine novelist. But I would definitely get condemned by, you know, for purporting to represent or embody a community that I don't. But of course, I never purported that at all. As you say, like, Brian Cranston is an actor. That's exactly what we used to reward actors for being able to do, you know, like... (laughs) enter into the experience of someone who is disabled and present it so that we can understand it. Um, I think it's getting absurd.
1: How much is, uh, how much is higher ed, the responsible party and perhaps the source of uh, some um, correction?
0: Well, I, I'm not sure. I'll say this, that, that idea that all representations are potentially threatening and every representation has to be kind of, you know, whether it's a book or a, uh, professor's lecture or a movie or whatever uh, has to be perfectly calibrated demographically and so on. That rages on college campuses now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 more intense there than in the culture as a whole. I'm not sure if it emerged from there or if it just kind of, you know, came there and 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 settled in. But it's really extreme, and you know, so. Any movie that you're showing at the student union or whatever is liable to be examined multiply in that way and protested, perhaps, you know, and things like that. Um, yeah, and I, I, one thing I think is that people are just really quite confused about the relation of representation to reality. So I think you could get all the representations exactly politically correct. Like, say you had all movies were perfectly demographically arranged and all the actors were the right sorts of people and so on, I don't think that would solve any of the problems of the society. And I think that's been demonstrated historically. So, for example, like in the Soviet Union, all you're getting is the portrayal of inspiring workers marching victoriously into a future bright with promise, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, every medium all the time that didn't make it true that just made the all those presentations grotesquely false right you know they, that didn't change the situation on the ground like we're not going to solve american racism with the white right movies okay you know <laughs> right uh yeah and i think people really misunderstand this like it just seems obvious to me that that's not the most effective mode of activism, or not the, where the problem lies, really.
1: He is Crispin Sartwell. He's an associate professor of philosophy at Dickinson College, and his book, Entanglements, a System of Philosophy. Also, check out his uh, piece on Facebook and the Chinese government, the Wall Street Journal. Crispin, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate it. Take care. And you join us on the turnkey.proanswer line. The stories you need to
0: know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560.